0: Man, I want to start a brand new series today to help some of us walk through into this new year. Last year was unprecedented, the biggest year we've ever had, and uh, numbers matter because every number represents a soul, and I'm so g- grateful that God moves us from glory to glory, so for faith to faith, and how many think God could do something great in this year for your life too? And so grab your notes out, grab your pen. I want to start a new series entitled Refresh, Refresh, and grab your Bibles Grab your iPhones or your iPads. You can look it up online. If you want to, you can look on the screen. But I want to open up with a theme verse. This is a lot of people's, really, life verse. It's kind of like those verses that have everything all packed into one, and that's this. It's Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. It says, trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Not a little bit, all of it. Don't lean to your own understanding, which all of you type A personality folks, chill. (laughs) That's me, man. I want to control everything. He says, no, 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 don't, don't try to fix this yourself. Don't try to go to the new year yourself. And then the third step is, in all your ways, submit to him. Submit to the Lord. Don't run things your own way. Submit them to God. And here's the guarantee. If you do these three things, he says, I'll make your crooked paths straight. I haven't preached in a couple weeks, so you're going to have to help me and get a little loud today. Elbow somebody next to you and say, I think it's time to Refresh. Come on, turn and tell the person you didn't talk to because you ignored them. Look at them now and say it's time to refresh. It's time to refresh. Help me thank God for Wi-Fi. Let's just clap our hands for Wi-Fi. It's a great invention. So grateful for Wi-Fi. We live in a, a world and an age right now of computers and smartphones, and these computers and smartphones are not just writing Word documents and calling people. You now can access the internet wireles, wirelessly from your device. Now, listen, this means the World Wide Web is at your fingertips. This is an amazing invention, and I love, love, love when people who are 30 years and under come to our house because you know the first question they ask What's your Wi Fi password? Like, uh, hello to you too. Thank you very much. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. Oh, yeah, hello, and, and what's your Wi-Fi password? This generation's funny when it comes to their internet connection. They act like they can't breathe. If they don't have the internet connection, it's like I can't, I, can't, <clears throat> I can't breathe without my internet connection. It's almost like they've crawled through the Mojave Desert. They ran out of water three days ago, and the only thing that can give them refreshment is your Wi-Fi password. You know what I'm saying? They crawl into your house like, Wi-Fi password, please. Here's what I think. I think it'd be great if we change your Wi-Fi password to be something funny. Because how many are like me? When everybody comes over, you don't really want to give them your Wi-Fi password. And you want people actually talking and communicating face to face. And many times they're asking and you you lie. Don't don't do that. It's bad. But here's how to help you. I'm going to help you, okay? Here's what you do. I think it'd be great if you changed your Wi-Fi password to something funny like this. I don't know it! Exclamation point. So you change it, and when they ask you, hey, what's your Wi-Fi password? You could say, I don't know, and you're not lying. <laughs> or how about this one? How about this one? You change your Wi-Fi password to you tell me. So they ask you, what's your Wi-Fi password? You tell me, 57, you tell me. What if you do this? You change your Wi-Fi password to none your business. None your business. What's your Wi-Fi password? None your business. Just mind your own. <laughs> How about this last one? I thought about this one this week, and I thought this would be funny. If you changed your Wi-Fi password to give me a hug instead. So the kids come over, they're like, hey, what's your Wi-Fi password? Give me a hug instead. There's nothing worse than, well, there is something worse. I just thought about it. There's something worse than no Internet connection. You know what that is? Slow Internet connection. We, it drives me crazy. We are sitting there waiting for this beam to come down from a satellite in outer space, we're not appreciative of that. But we just want our picture to download, and we're so angry. Listen, Diane and I were walking—true story—we're walking, and she could not get very good coverage where we were in this particular place. And so, while she's trying to get service, here's what she does: she lifts her phone up, and she—I I turn around. She's walking like this. I'm like, babe, what are you doing? She said, I'm trying to get a better signal. I laugh so hard. You think taking it from this angle, three feet higher, is going to get you a better signal? Now I'm just trying to get closer to the satellite. That was her answer. Now listen, that's a great answer because a lot of us know what that feels like, don't we? We, we know what it feels like to want a better S- download a better signal. We want a better connection, because there's nothing worse than a poor connection. Look at the screens for just a second. This is, this is the worst. This is the worst. we you're trying to download a new page and you get this. Yeah. It's the worst. As you're so irritated, you're trying to open up a new page, but you can't open up the new page. And when you try to open up a new page and it doesn't open, what do you do? You click the refresh icon. You try to refresh the page because the refresh pay icon is supposed to refresh the page that you were originally trying to open in the first place but that doesn't always work either and what do you do when your refresh icon is clicked and it doesn't do anything you click it again and again and again and again and again you will sit there and try refresh 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 hoping that the next click will bring something different. Hoping that the next click will bring about something changed. Hoping that the next click will bring something new. But I'm here to tell you, it doesn't matter how many times you click refresh, if you don't have the proper connection, you will sit there with no change. Some of you know where I'm going with this. There are some creators of websites and creators of apps. And they create what they create for a reason, because they want the user experience to be experienced at a certain level. But you cannot experience what they created unless you have the proper connection in the same way our creator God, created life and heaven to be experienced at a certain level, but you will not be able to experience that if you don't have the proper connection with him. John 10.10 says it this way, the thief, the devil, comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He tried to destroy the relationship with God, tried to destroy our connection, but how many are grateful that Jesus said, I'm stepping into all this mess, and I want to give you life, and I want to give you abundant life, and I want you to live it to the full. Come on, anybody in the room that's grateful today, we have a God who wants to restore connection because here's what happens a lot of us we just kind of feel like the the year's gonna get better automatically on its own we just step into a brand new year and we're like man i want to end a a chapter and i want to start a new chapter or we i want to i want to open up a new page and click refresh but may I remind you, ladies and gentlemen, it doesn't matter how badly you want a new page open. If you don't have the proper connection, it's not going to happen. We can sit there clicking and clicking and refreshing and refreshing and refreshing. And year after year after year, it ends up being the exact same result. Write this down to where you get, you'd agree with this, so frustrated. I wonder, is there anybody in the room that's ever been frustrated before? Just angry. Because you're not getting the results that you had anticipated. You're so frustrated with life, so frustrated thinking, I don't even think I want to make any more New Year's resolutions because I don't think anything's going to change. You feel, here's a better word, stuck. You feel stuck in life. You you so desperately want what lies ahead, but you are desperately stuck in what lies behind. Nothing's changing. Life seems to be repetitive, it feels like Groundhog Day. You're just repeating the same day over and over and over again. Same year, over and over again to the point where you start to feel like you're living in Ecclesiastes, which is a book in the Bible where every, everything begins to seem meaningless. Yeah, nothing helps. Nothing changes. What's the point of life? And then you start to feel like you feel hopeless. You feel hope is literally slipping through your fingers. You once were hopeful something changed. You once felt like there was something good that was going to happen, but something changed. And you don't stay hopeless for very long before you move into this fourth stage. And this is scary. This is where a lot of you might be today. And this is where you literally begin to feel like you just want to give up. Listen to me. On a computer, you're only going to click refresh so many times and if that result is not happening like you want it to happen, let me tell you, you're not going to stay there. You will walk away. Can I encourage you? Don't walk away from God in 2018. He still has a purpose. He still has a plan. There's still destiny on your life. There's still a mission and a mandate. Come on. Don't don't walk away from God. I know it's hard. You're not alone, and the Bible can help you today. here's, Here's what I want you to remember, that refreshment is predicated on your connection write this down let me say it backwards that's that you're without connection there is no refreshing that's right we all want to be refreshed we all want to have a new start we all want all of that but that is predicated based on your connection what kind of connection do you have john chapter 15 jesus is talking and he's saying something that i'm trying to relay to you today in modern day vernacular but he says this he says remain in me and I also will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Say vine. So the next verse we have here says, Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. Say this with me. Jesus is the vine. I'm a branch. Jesus is the vine. I'm the branch. Now turn and tell your neighbor, show your neighbor your best branch impersonation. What happens to a branch when you cut it off? It starts dying immediately. It must remain connected to the source of the vine in order to have any type of life. Now, listen, there's a lot of guys who walk around February 14th, Valentine's Day, and they buy a lot of flowers for their moms, their girlfriends, their wives. And they buy all these flowers, and they think think they're doing something great. And they give these flowers to that woman. They're giving them death. It's pretty death. But the moment you cut that flower off of the vine, it begins to die. Listen to me, everybody. We have, it's, just give the women cash instead. No, 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 don't do that. Don't. Wait a second. I thought the thought, it was the thought that counts, right? Okay, just think about giving them cash. No, no, no. Listen, it's so important that we get this analogy. He's talking about a vine and branches. I'm talking about a Wi-Fi and the connection. The same message Jesus is wanting to communicate. He says, you got to stay connected to me because if you do, you're going to bear much fruit. Watch this last part. Apart from me, you cannot do anything. There's nothing of eternal value that you will ever be able to do if you're not connected to the source. This is not being arrogant. This is super directional because we run into so much trouble when we move ahead without him. Yes. It doesn't matter how badly I want to open up a new page. If I don't have a right connection with him, it ain't happening. That's right. Here's another verse. Isaiah chapter 43 says, forget the former things. So God's talking. Forget the former things. And we're like, bingo, that's what I'm talking about. Great. Do not dwell in the past. Awesome. See, I'm doing a new thing. I like new. See, I've already begun. Do you not see it? I will make a pathway through the wilderness, and I will create rivers in a dry wasteland. He's asking us a question, and the question is, can you see it? But without the proper connection, the answer is no. No. Like, have you ever been there before Would you feel like God's trying to gets you to move ahead can you see it and you're like I don't I don't see anything God without the proper connection I don't see the new page I don't see the new chapter I don't see the new day I don't see the new hope I don't see healing I don't see purpose I don't see meaning I don't see any of that and that's why I'm so frustrated and I'm stuck I can't see it but here's the good news of the gospel and the good news of this message is that if that statement is true, that without connection, there is no refreshing, I would say the opposite is also true. With the right, ref- with the right connection comes the right refreshing when it comes to God. Can I hear a good amen, everybody? Amen. I had an old house that had Wi-Fi connection, it, and I got Wi-Fi service anywhere in the house. It was anywhere. I could move in any room and get perfect Wi-Fi signal. Then I, I went to my driveway. Because I would sit there sometimes in my car while waiting for the rest of the family who was late. <laughs> so I would go and check email, check a little Instagram. Here's what was crazy. It would say I was connected, but I wasn't really. It showed me the little symbol. <laughs> but it was lying to me. Because I, I could not download anything from the Internet. I would just buffer and buffer, and buffer. And here's what I realized. I realized that I was close enough to get the signal, but too far to get the download. There's a lot of us in the room that we are close enough to God to get the signal. We know He loves us, and we know that there's a plan somewhere out there, and And we think that he should maybe be a part of our life, but we are living too far away from him, and we are not getting the download that God wants to do something to change our life. Listen, my suggestion on the very first Sunday of the new year, write this down, is simply this, move closer. It's real simple. Move closer to God, because how many hate that buffering wheel from hell? You're trying to advance, you're trying to get a new page open, trying to see something new and just this wheel of torture over and over. How many have ever been here before where you pray and it seems like God is taking way too long to answer? Could it be that he is also waiting for connection from you? Maybe, maybe it's time that we move close. James, the half-brother of Jesus, James chapter 4, verse 8 says, Come close to God. Come close to God. Here's the guarantee. He'll come close to you. Some of you are like, well, how come I have to make the first step? Uh, You didn't. Jesus stepped into eternity 2,000 years ago, died for our sins. He took the big first step. Now we're taking the second step. He says, draw close to me. I'll come close to you. Watch this next part. And he says this, wash your hands, you sinners. Some of you are like, who are you calling a sinner? (laughs) I didn't call you one. James did. (laughs) Matter of fact, we believe in equality at this church. We are all equally sinners. We all equally need Jesus, and we are all equally loved by the Father. Can I hear a good amen? Yeah. So, okay, we all have issues. We all got some sin in our life. Let's stop acting like we don't. And I, and I dreamed of a church where we could just be real with that stuff. Like we don't have to pretend we don't have any issues. Which, by the way, if you don't think you have an issue, that is your issue. Uh. All right, so we got them. Really? We got, let's work through them now. He says, now you can purify your hearts, sinners. That's all of us. Purify your hearts, from, for, for your loyalty is divided between God and the world. Wait a second. If we look at this, we're, we're so focused on refreshment all the time. And many times we're like, man, I just am so dry spiritually. I just need something to refresh me. And we're looking over here and looking over there. What if this year was different? What if we stopped focusing on refreshment and started concentrating on connection? Yes. What if we made this entire year about Jesus? Because if you make this entire year about Jesus and he takes first priority in your life and he's really at the center, refreshment will automatically come. You say, how do you know? Because Psalm 23 says, the Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures and he leads me beside still quiet waters and he refreshes my soul. Is there anybody in the room that's grateful today that we have a God who still knows how to refresh your soul? He restores your soul. He refreshes your soul, but it all comes from him. And some of us in the room, I know it because I've been there, we want to move closer to God, but we got so much stuff open, so many other things that are blocking our connection. Let me ask you this way. How many of you have ever known somebody, maybe at your job, maybe somebody in your home, when they open up their computer, they have so many windows open? Like it's crazy how many windows they open. We have somebody like that on our staff I'm not gonna tell you her name but it rhymes with Arthur <laughs> I walked in about a couple months ago to her office and when I walked into the office I, I sat down at the computer to look at something I was like she's got 75 windows open I said Martha what are you doing No, I mean Arthur I said Arthur what are you doing I'd like to protect you know protect her <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> now, I know all of her windows were, like, work-related, and she's super productive. She really is. But the truth is, a lot of us, our lives look like that. We have so many windows open, searching for meaningless stuff. And here's what I heard. How many of that's you? You, you open your windows, and you just have a million windows open. How many know somebody like that, or that's you? Okay, listen, listen, listen. I, I heard this, that the more windows you have open the slower your connection will be. (laughs) If we go back to James for a second, he gives us an incredible truth. He says, come close to God. You now have an ability to come close to God and he will come close to you. That's amazing. But then we have this other part of this insight that he gives us and says, listen, be careful because there's some stuff in your life that if you allow it in your life, it's gonna cause you to not want to come close to God. Because whenever sin comes in our life, listen to me, everybody, it separates us from God. Now, God's not afraid of our sin. Jesus stepped into sin. He didn't sin, but he became sin, paid for sin, died for sin, conquered sin to free us from sin. He did all that. He's not afraid of our sin. But the connection I'm making that I see in this text is in the context of of when it comes to coming closer to God. Here's what I see. I see him telling us, be careful, because when your loyalty is divided between God and the world, you won't want to come closer to God. Have you ever done anything wrong before? Yes. Think about it. Like, really think about it. Okay, when we do something wrong, we don't want to come to God. We end up trying to run from him, which is dumb because you can't run from, run from the creator of the universe. He's everywhere. But that's our heart. We don't. We feel guilty the whisper of the devil starts to come in. We don't even want to come to church. Or if we come to church, we can't lift our hands because the lie of the devil is like, you don't belong here. Whispering in our ear, like, who do you think you are lifting your hand? Do you know what you did last week? All these things are coming in, which, by the way, is a lie from the devil. You do belong here. God still loves you. He still has a plan, and he's waiting for you to come back to him. But we come back, and we're we're trying to figure all this out. And I'm telling you, ladies and gentlemen, that if you don't understand this principle... You're going to be so stuck. And one year will turn into another year, which turns into another year and another year. And you never understand what it feels like to open up a new page in God. In the context of all of this, I believe with all of my heart that we're doing the same thing Adam and Eve did in the garden. They sinned and hid. They sinned and ran from God. And God came and was like, where are you? I mean, know oh, whenever God asks a question, it's not because he doesn't know the answer. He went like, "Where, where's Adam and Eve? <laughs> he knew exactly where they were. He was asking them, do you know where you are? Here's the good news. Now, because of Jesus Christ, we now have the ability to wash our hands as sinners and to purify our hearts. As a matter of fact, Acts 3.19 says, repent then and turn to God. Like we can turn away from our disobedience. There is such thing as obedience and disobedience. We turn away from disobedience, turn to God. And he says, listen, your sins will be wiped out. This is great news for us because it means that we don't have to stand and pay for our sin. Jesus says, I'm going to take your sin and totally and completely obliterate them and wipe them out so that nobody ever sees them again. And then there's this extra part like if you call right now. And the times of refreshing will come from the Lord. Is there anybody here that could use some refreshing from God in 2018? That's how it comes. So here's what I would recommend. I'd recommend that we identify what's keeping us from coming closer to God. What is it in our life that's keeping us, that's choking out the enthusiasm to come to God? Identify what that is because we have so many windows open in our life. And pretty soon we begin to question, like, why? Why? Why Why is the connection with God so slow? Why does he seem so distant? Meanwhile, our entire life looks like this on the screen. We have all these things and our heart is divided, our soul is divided, our attention is divided, our focus is divided. We have too many tabs open. We have spent so many hours wasting time searching for meaningless stuff that will not help us advance. What if we walked over to worry and said, I'm closing this tab. This is not going to be something that rules my life in 2018. I'm not going to be ruled by greed. I want to be generous and willing to share. And I'm not going to let despair hit my life either. I know that God has a purpose for me. So I'm closing the window of despair. And negativity is not going to define me. I know that I believe God For the greatest things, the best is yet to come when I put him first. And comparison is not something that's going to define me. I know who I am and I know what I'm about. I'm a child of God and so are you. And come on, let's believe God for some great things and stay in our lane. Close the door to addiction. What if 2018 was the year that you actually finally got free? You joined a small group, you joined a freedom small group and allowed God to finally break the chains of addiction in your life. What if you came and said, I'm not going to hold a"? any longer I'm gonna forgive and forget as unto Christ I'm not gonna live for selfish reasons I'm gonna lay my life down as a drink offering to serve and love other people and I'm not gonna be hopeless either here's what you realize when you do this what happens all these other tabs as you close them down the larger this last one gets to the point where you now look at Jesus. I'm searching for Jesus. I need him to be the center focus, and when I hit image, I see a new picture of Jesus really is the Savior of the world. He really is the King of kings. He really is the Lord of lords. He really is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. He is my peace. He's my provider. He's my healer. He's my sanctifier. He's the lover of my soul. He is everything that I need, and I need everything that he is. Come on. Is there any Anybody today that believes he really is who he says he is to where we fulfill the words of Jesus in Matthew six thirty-three 33 that says seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and then all these things will be added to you as well let's make this year about Jesus let's restore our connection to Jesus Let's focus on him to where our heart is no longer divided between God and the world. But we say, Jesus, we want you at the center of our life. If you believe that, clap your hands and say a good amen. Amen. It's our heart. We want you to be at the center, God. To close out of all the other windows that are bogging our connection down. And to say, we just want to focus on you. Seek first. Here's what I know for sure. There is a war that goes on in all of us every single year. You want to know what it is? It's the war between the difference between the life that you are living and the life that you could be living. This world is not all that we're living for. We're living for eternity. But there are some questions about obedience and purpose that we struggle with on the inside of us. Here's the problem. We're disconnected from God, and we're too connected to the world. We have too much of the world inside of us. And we turn around, and we're like, God, what's the purpose? Can you show me what meaning feels like? And he's like, yeah, let me tell you about it. Can you speak up? God, I can't hear you. I I can't hear you. There's too many voices in my life right now. I have Hollywood that's screaming at me. I have the music industry screaming at me. Social media and all this pressure to look a certain way screaming at me. And the world is on every side. And I'm trying. I just need to see you, God. But what happens when you close these other windows out? You silence the voice of the world so you can hear him clear. That's what we need. We need to hear him. We need to see him in a fresh way. And in Matthew chapter 17, Jesus' disciples come around, and they're like, Jesus, how come, how come we couldn't do something? We have an issue. How come it didn't work? And Jesus answers them. In Matthew chapter 17, verse 19. Then the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, we can't cast it out. Like, we can't deal with this issue. What do we do? And Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief. So, first of all, we need to build our faith. For surely I say to you, if you have the faith of a mustard seed, my dad would teach that it's growing faith, that it's not just a small faith, but it's faith that's growing. And mustard seed grows in this huge tree. He says, if you can say this mountain, move, it will move. Nothing will be impossible. However, this kind does not go out except for prayer and fasting. Say prayer. prayer. Say fasting. Amen. Okay, write this down in your notes. Prayer connects us to God. Amen. What is prayer? It's just talking to God. Don't over-spiritualize it. Don't try to sound like somebody else. I release you from feeling like you have to pray in the King James Version English. <laughs> we beseech thee, O oh, Father, which art in heaven, how did be thought name. You don't have to talk like that. <laughs> Just talk to God. You know how to talk. Talk to God. And I would also add, read your Bible. Listen, listen, listen. Okay, Christians, at some point, you're going to have to read the Bible. Amen. We've been putting it off for a long time. And <clears throat> we waste a lot of time. Why? Because we have other windows open. Download the YouVersion app. We read through the Bible once a year, 15 minutes a day. It's going to change your life. And it reads it to you. Like if you're driving or you're lazy, just just press He'll read it to you. Take the challenge. Let's read that together this this year. What's, What's that doing? It's closeness. You're moving closer to God. You're praying. You're reading his words. What does it say? And then number two, write this down. Fasting disconnects us from the world fasting disconnects us from the world. In the process of this, your spirit's going to come alive. I believe that this could be the best year of your life if it's the best year spiritually. Doesn't mean that you're free from problems, but your life comes alive. So we do 21 days of prayer and fasting at the church every year. And a lot of people have grown up in church but never heard messages on fasting. I'm sorry. But it is also a part of the New Testament believer's experience. So from January 27th to the 28th. So from today to the 28th, we have 21 days of prayer and fasting. We will meet here Monday through Friday, starting tomorrow, for early morning prayer at 6 a.m. Some of you have never seen 6 a.m. <clears throat> but you should come. We have so many students and so many people that come before work or before school. We just pray. We'll teach you how to pray. It'll be simple. We're not going to embarrass you or put a mic in your front of your face. It's super cool and, and low-key, but we want to help you Seek God. What are we doing? We're telling God the first part of the year belongs to you, God. We need you to bless the rest. And as a church, every year we do that, God has. Now, fasting is in part is a huge part of the New Testament believers' life, and many of us have never tried it. Unless we're doing like a cleanse. This is not a cleanse. This is a fast. And I don't know why they call them fasts, they should call them slows, because nothing fast about it. <laughs> Let me give you five or a few different types of fast. Number one, there's a there's a, a complete fast. This is where you, you're just drinking. And I don't mean I mean water. <laughs> Some of you like, I like this church. This fat, this is my type of fat. No, that's that's the wrong kind. Um so what we do, and by the way, you can do something. We all can do something. When I say fast, a lot of times people are like, oh, I can't do that. Okay, listen, we have a God who would not ask you to do something, he knew you couldn't do. He wouldn't be like, hey, fast, watch this, watch this, they, not, they can't do it. My girls have been fasting like Daniel fast and now you know even liquid fast since they were four years old. So that's what my brother used to tell me when I was getting on a roller coaster, look at the little girl, she could do it, you could do it. I'm telling you the same thing. Um, complete fast, so it's liquids, here's what I do. Water, lots of water, but then I juice a lot of stuff, like not cheeseburgers, that doesn't count, but fruits and vegetables every morning, and I don't treat it like a meal, I drink every 10 minutes, I'm sipping, sipping all day, all day, all day. I don't have a lack of energy, I'm going to the gym, I'm preaching, I'm fine, like I'm I'm good, I feel healthier, Um, and I'll I'll do apple, kale, spinach, uh, carrots, beets, beets are amazing and not dre beets, but like the beet, the vegetable beet, you juice it. And what happens is, listen, it it gives you so much energy. And it doesn't taste, you know, too bad. It's not the greatest taste, but it's 21 days, So that's one, okay? Now, everybody who tuned me out, tune me back in, because let me give you a couple other fasts. <laughs> There's a selective fast, okay? This is different than the first one, different than the first one, all right? Don't start with the first one. If you've never fasted before, don't do that one. Just, do these easy, easier ones. Selective fast is like you fast certain foods. Um, I'm not going to do dessert, dairy, meat. In the Bible, it's called a Daniel fast, fruits, vegetables. If you want to add some whole grain stuff, just whatever you want to decide, pick what you want. I'm not telling you what to do. Pick what you want and then do that. Talk to your doctor. Uh, make sure that you're healthy and you're able to do some of this stuff, but that's selective fast. Then there's a partial fast. That's where you fast maybe part of the day. You fast breakfast or lunch And then you eat a sizable dinner. It's it's not Jenny Craig, but it's like, you know, you're not not going crazy on the dinner. But by the way, this isn't a diet. This is a fast. We take the time we normally would spend eating and all that stuff, and we pray, and we worship, and we read the Bible. At some point, you're going to have to tell your flesh what to do. Our flesh basically calls the shots. Whatever you want. Our body wants, it craves, has cravings, we give it. And we get in trouble in a lot of times. And this is a way to, to tell, you're like, for your soul and your spirit to tell your flesh, no, no, I'm not gonna do that right now. Let those hunger pains drive you to pray, to re- be a reminder to pray. You're not saying starve yourself, make sure you're, you're, in, you're taking the right stuff and again, seeing the doctor. But then we do a, what's called a, a soul fast. And um, this is where our family will just take away. Other social media. We don't watch movies. We're not watching TV. Internet. We're not doing any of that stuff. And some of you're like, "Ah." (laughs) "You what? I I can't breathe." Okay, calm down. Calm down. Calm down. Because that's how your soul feels most of the year. We starve our soul and feed our flesh anything it wants. What happens if we just fed our soul and starve the flesh a little bit? I'm telling you, everybody. You silence the other voices in your life. By by the way, then our family has more family time. We're talking more. We're reading books. We're playing family games. I mean, it's just kind of a cool, cool 21 days for us as a family too. But then write this down, this last one. As we're praying, as we're worshiping, as we're doing all these things together, feeding our soul, I want you to have some high expectations. Have high expectations. You know, Nike is trying to break. Last year they announced they're trying to break the marathon, the two-hour record of the marathon. People are saying, it's crazy. It'll never be done. It's a physiological impossibility. You can't do it. And yet they're going to try. They're stepping out there. They got three runners. Going to throw some money at them, train them. A lot of us have lived lives where people are like, hey, be realistic. Sean, you can't get a whole church to fast. You, you, can't, you shouldn't ask even ask them to do that. I think, I think they're wrong. I think people are sick and tired of living the norm I think we're trying to break through into something new, and I believe God wants us to hear him clearer. And I believe, what's the worst that can happen? Some of you are like, I'm going to die. No, don't do that. But I believe this is a healthy move. I think it's a, spiritually. And you take it slow. You ask your doctor. But I believe if you reach your goal, man, if you step a little bit closer to God, here's his promise. He comes closer to you. So let's do this as a church. Let's start off. Let's sacrifice. Let's live intentionally. Let's kick off the year right with 21 days of prayer and fasting. Whatever your next step is, just take the next step. Don't worry about 21 steps. You the next one. Join the church tonight at 5 o'clock. Go through the growth track. Get in a small group or lead a small group. Come to the training at 2.30. Whatever we can do to help you move to the next step, we want to help you. Because, again, we just want to take you on a journey. And remember, Ephesians 3.20 says, now to him who is able. It's all for Jesus. He can do immeasurably. More than we can ask. More than we can imagine. According to his power that works inside of us. His power doesn't just work. He's looking for people to work through. We're trying to get his attention and say, God, if you can use anything, use us to reach more people with your love. Fasting is not, hey, God, listen. Listen. I'm hurting myself, you better pay attention. It's not that. It's removing the other voices and obstacles so that we can just hear and focus on God. With your heads bowed and your eyes closed all over the room. What is God saying to you right now? Maybe for some of you you need to restore that connection to God. Maybe you're here and you're like, man, I, I really, really need to restore my connection. I need to... I was once connected and something interrupted. I have too many windows open, too many other tabs open in my life, and today I need to give my life to Jesus Christ. So if that's you, no matter where you are, I want to pray for you. Here, alternative seating, family worship room. I want to lead you in a commitment prayer to give your life back to God. If this is you on the count of three, lift your hand up right where you are. Just be bold. Say that's me. Count me in that prayer, Sean, when you pray it. Come on. One, two, three, lift it up. This is me. Yes, 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 yes. Yes, 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 yes. There's so many hands. Yes, yes. I see you. I see you. Yes, yes, yes. Come on, let's clap our hands because every hand represents a soul. I see you in the back. Come on. You are why the church exists. Just pray this out with me, meaning with all your heart to God. Lord Jesus, thank you for loving me right where I am. Today I give you my life. Forgive me from my past. Be my Lord and Savior from this day forward. I belong to you. Put your hand right on your heart if you don't mind. Just say, I use all my gifts now to reach others with your love. In Jesus' name, amen. Can we clap our hands for everybody who prayed that prayer? Great job.